Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Josh from the Duntown Advent Christian Church, and uh, would like to welcome you to our little experiment this morning with some of the changes that we've been requested to make. Uh, we aren't able to meet together in person the way that we normally do each Sunday morning, so we put together this, this little video as a way to uh, encourage each other and as a way to um, continue to uh, meet together in some fashion while we can't meet together physically. Um, Despite all of the all of the changes that we've been asked to make, uh, our uh, mission and our mandate as as individual believers and as the church hasn't changed. Uh, we are still told to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Uh, and also, we're told to to go out into the world and to make disciples of all of the nations. So we need to love God, we need to love our neighbors, and we need to make disciples. That looks a little different in every time uh, and in every place, but that, uh, that mission and, and that direction has been unchanged for the entire history of the church, uh, and it remains unchanged today. Uh, so this is uh, one of the ways that, that we're attempting to, uh, to do all three of those things at, at, at one point and at one place in time. Um, so as we, as we join together and as we, as we worship together separately, um, I'd like to open with uh, Psalm 131, where it says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would use this time uh, to encourage us, God, uh, to, to lift us up and to remind us, Father, that our hope is found wholly, solely, and completely in you. God, we, we depend on, on lots of things um, incorrectly, God. We lean on, on our jobs, the security that money brings us, the security that we feel from uh, from having possessions, God, but ultimately you are the only thing that we can depend on. Uh, everything else that we lean on, everything else that we trust in will fail us, but God, you alone are, um, are able to sustain us through the darkest times of our lives. God, you alone are able to, to lift us up when we have fallen down to the uttermost, God. We love you, uh, and we are so happy to be able to gather together like this to worship you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we are with Mrs. Joyce Blackstone, who is turning 95 today. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear mommy. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Are you one?
Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you. I have a passage of scripture I'd like to share today. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. And it's an interaction between Solomon and the Lord after Solomon had built the temple and about the state of the people of Israel. And it starts in chapter in verse 11. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord to, appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place and have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be always there. This is a great promise to remember during these uncertain times that the Lord will never leave us or forsake us when we set our minds upon him. And I'd like to just also share a passage of scripture found in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 and 25. This is a passage of scripture that my grandfather always used to close the services with on Sunday morning. And Pastor Josh has begun to do that as well. And it's just a very special um, passage of scripture to me and reminds me of the promise that God has given to each of us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May you have peace in this uncertain time and may the Lord bless you and keep you in all your ways. Uh, I love you guys all and uh, we'll talk again soon. We've intended for this time together this morning to be uh, an encouragement to those both within the Duntown Church family and those outside of it. Uh, if you would like to support the work here financially, please visit the uh, the website below. And there's uh, a few different ways that you can do that, both giving online and, and in a more analog fashion. Uh, so I'd encourage you to do that if God leads you to continue to support this ministry. So the song I recorded myself singing is... Uh... 
To the Table by Zach Williams. And uh, the thing that I like about that song so much, and the message of it is, is that we all have a place in the kingdom of God as long as we're willing to repent of our sins and accept that we need salvation and a savior. Um, so hopefully, hopefully you'll like it. Hear the voice of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going through But you keep standing at a distance In the shadow of your shame There's a light of hope that's shining Won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table There's nothing he ain't seen before For all your fear All your sorrow and your sadness There's a Savior and He calls Bring it all to the table He can see the weight you carry The fears that hold your heart But through the cross you've been forgiven You're accepted as you are So bring it all to the table There's nothing he ain't seen before For all your trials, all your worries and your burdens There's a Savior and he calls Bring it all to the table Bring it all You can bring it all And come on in, take your place There's no one who's turned away All you sinners, all you saints Come right in and find your grace Come on in, take your place There's no one who's turned away All you sinners, all you saints Come right in and find your grace And bring it all to the table There's nothing he ain't seen before For all your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness There's a Savior and he calls Bring it all to the table So as part of our uh, revised approach to life together as a church during this time, uh, we have implemented a a few additional uh, activities that you might find beneficial. Uh, We are having small group meetings online periodically throughout the week. 
Um, and we are also having a, a daily discipleship time where uh, we're, we're simply reading the Bible and praying together. Uh, if you'd like to participate in any of those, there's uh, some information below. Uh, and feel free to reach out and, and ask how you can uh, become involved with that. We'd love to be able uh, to, to be an encouragement as a church to, to everybody around us who uh, who, who needs encouragement during this uh, rather difficult time. So if that's something you'd like to participate in, please reach out, please let us know, and, and we'll get you set up with that. You all could keep uh, Cameron in prayer as he finishes his uh, clinical rotation up in Bangor. Uh, hopefully he'll have enough patience to continue to uh, be at that clinical and uh, finish it so it won't delay graduation for him. Um, also, Mac has been having some issues with um, side effects on a medication that he's taking. It's uh, really uh, affected him functioning, has affected him being able to work. Um, he has a doctor's appointment coming up uh, next week. Hopefully, uh, he can get that figured out so he can uh, you know, get back to uh, working and functioning uh, on a regular basis. That would be great. Thank you. One of the things that we try to do every time that we gather together is to pray for one another. Uh, that has to look a little bit different uh, in these times, but we definitely uh, need to continue to do that now more than ever. Uh, if you're a member of the Duntown Church family, I've tried to reach out to you with um, with a newsletter, either via email or via, or via snail mail. Uh, if you didn't receive one of those and would like to, please let me know so that I can add you to the appropriate list. Um, because uh, this is a little bit more public format, uh, we won't be praying specifically for anybody without their express uh, permission, as uh, as some of you have, have given by, by submitting your requests. Um, but if you'd like us to pray uh, for you publicly like this, please just let us know. We're happy to do that. Um, if you'd rather not, but you would like um, to have some of the, the leadership team and some of the prayer warriors in the church uh, be praying for you, we can certainly do that as well. Um, so let's take some time together to pray for, uh, to pray for our community, to pray for our country, uh, to pray for uh, those individuals who have been affected by some of the changes in the last week. Um, and above all, we, we need to pray for our own hearts. Um, we need to pray against the, the fear and the, um, and the darkness that can, that can overcome us if, uh, if we lose sight of, uh, of who we are in Christ during this time. So let's pray together. Father, we love you. That, above all, needs to be the, uh, the driving force behind everything that we do and everything that we think and everything that we say now more than ever. We love you. And Father, as, as a people and as individuals, we, we confess that, um, that we have not done a good job of that. Father, we have... Um, We've rebelled against you, God. We have not trusted you. We have not looked to you, God, and we confess that to you right now. Whether that is uh, fear that has overtaken us and, and panic that has set in, God, or whether that's darkness that has overcome us because we haven't uh, kept our eyes on you, Father, we confess those sins to you and we ask for your forgiveness.
And Father, you are gracious to forgive. And we thank you for that. Father, just as we thank you for the, the very breath in our lungs, we owe all of it to you. Father, we think of uh, those in our community and um, who have been affected already by um, not even not even this virus, God, but they've been affected by the changes that we've been required to make. Uh, people who have lost their jobs, people whose jobs have been drastically changed, um, people who are facing uncertainty as to whether or not they'll continue to have a job uh, or or have a business. God, these are uh, uncertain times at best. And we ask that through the midst of these, God, that you would give us a, a sense of peace, God, and a sense of comfort, that you would be um, with those who, who, need, who need some reassurance, Father. We ask that, um, that you would make your hand in their lives evident, that you would be showing them more and more every day just how you care for them, just how you sustain them and how you lift them up. Father, for, um, for those who are in positions of leadership at all levels of government, God, we ask that you would give them uh, wisdom, that you would be, um, be showing them and directing them, Father, the right way to go, the correct choices to make. Uh, we cannot understand all of the things that come into play. Uh, and God, we can't understand all of the things that weigh heavy on their minds. But God, we can understand that even when, when we are falling short, even when we lack the wisdom and understanding, you don't. And so, Father, we ask that, that you would give generously of, of your wisdom and of your insight to these, um, to these leaders that we have. And God, we ask that, um, that you would turn their hearts to you, that you would make their hearts soft. God, that they would be, that they would be open to your direction, God, that they would be willing to lean on you and not depend just on themselves. Father, we thank you uh, that, that, that that is something that we can do, that we can lean on you, that we can depend on you. Father, you are the rock. You are the rock. You never change. You never fail. You never fall. And so help our lives, help our um, provision. God, help our hope for the future to be anchored wholly and completely on you. Father, for those in our lives, God, our friends and our family members who, who don't trust you, who aren't following after you, Father, we ask that you would um, be using this, this uncertainty to be at work in their hearts, that you would show them the, um, that you would show them just how fragile the things that they depend on are. Father, we ask that you would show them that they need you above all else, before all else. Father, they need you. And God, we as your people are your chosen instrument for telling them about you. So Father, we ask that you would grant us um, peace, uh, that you would grant us a, a, even a joy, Father, in the midst of these circumstances, that the people around us would wonder, 
that the people around us would ask us, why is it that you can remain so calm? How is it that you can, um, that you can love people in the midst of, of darkness and in the midst of difficulty? So that, Father, we can tell them about you. So that we can tell them how we love you and how we trust you. And how we follow you. And how you've never let us wrong. Father, we thank you for the ability to come before you like this to pray. God, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful privilege, Father. And it's one that we don't deserve. And it's one that we take for granted. So God, I ask that you would be, um, that you would be working in us, that you would make our hearts yearn for that relationship with you. We ask that you would um, turn our hearts back to you where they may have been seeking other things. We love you and we praise you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read from Matthew 21, 23 to 27. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I will also ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So we're picking up this morning in, in Matthew 21. Uh, Jesus has, has left Galilee. He's left uh, the area that he's been ministering in for, for three years now. And he's traveled to Jerusalem, uh, the, the capital city there, to take part in, in this Passover celebration. This was the high point on the, on the Jewish calendar. And everybody who could traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Uh, now, when Jesus comes into Jerusalem in, in the beginning of Matthew 21, uh, they have what's, he enters to what's called the triumphal entry. Uh, basically, what we celebrate on, on Palm Sunday, where all of the people were, were praising him and giving thanks to God, um, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, and after Jesus enters into Jerusalem, uh, he, he proceeds to the temple and he drives out of the temple all of the people who were there doing business, right? They were there selling animals for sacrifices and changing money and, you know, providing a necessary service, but not in the right place and not in the right way. Uh, and so he, he drives them all out of the temple. Uh, and this, uh, this, the triumphal entry and then the cleansing of the temple uh, kind of turned the whole city on its head uh, because the rumors that have gone before this man have, have proven to be true, right? That, that he, he really is who he says he is. Um, he's there, he's, he's cleansing the temple, he's healing the blind and the lame, and he's teaching, and, and, and the people think that this is wonderful. 
But the rulers, the, the leaders of the, of the Jewish nation kind of take exception to this, right? Uh, it's, it, it's, it's undermining their authority. Uh, and so they band together and, and they ask him, basically, who do you think you are? What gives you the right to do these things? Um, and the way that they put it together, um, it's, it's kind of a trap, right? Because he has said, in, he has said earlier and, and in other places that his authority comes from God. Um, and if he says that here, then, then because of the circumstances, they kind of have... Uh, a, a little bit of an edge. You know, they, they can try him for blasphemy, for claiming to be God, and sentence him to death. Um, but if he claims that his authority comes from man, uh, well, he doesn't have the right credentials. You know, he doesn't have the degrees, he doesn't have the pedigree to be uh, teaching in, in the temple like this. And so what Jesus does is he turns the question back on them, which was, which was a common uh, teaching tool in, in those days, answering a question with a question. And so he goes back to, to John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was, was a prophet, uh, actually Jesus's cousin, who came before Jesus and who pointed to Jesus as being the Messiah. He, it, he said that Jesus was the one who was promised, who would come and would make all things right in the world. Um, and so John called the people to repent of their sins and as, a, and as an expression of that repentance to be baptized so that their sins may be forgiven. And through the work of John, God turned the hearts of the people to repentance. But these, these religious leaders, these religious elites, didn't like being told that they needed to repent because they thought that they had it all together. Uh, and we, we read about some of the, the exchanges that, um, that John had with uh, these leaders in, in Matthew 3. Um, Matthew 3, verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as your father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children from Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So John didn't take it easy on, on these guys, and, and they, they deserved it, but that's another, that's another uh, lesson for another day. Um, so the, the point that he was making here is that what these men depended on, their, uh, they depended on their ability to follow the rules and they depended on their, on their ethnic identity. And those things weren't good enough to get them through the coming judgment and, and wrath from God and into the kingdom. Now, the, the people, from what we can read in scripture, loved John the Baptist. Uh, and they believed in him as a prophet. And so Jesus asks these, asks these rulers, um, he asks the chief priests and the elders of the people, uh, all of these things that John did, his ministry, his baptism, all of those things, were they from God? So was he really a prophet? Or was he just making it all up? Was, was he from man? So was he from God? Or was he from man? And this puts them in a bind, right? Because if they answer, oh, well, John's ministry, John's baptism was from God, 
then Jesus gets the opportunity to say, well, why, if, if John's baptism was from God, why didn't you listen to him? But if they say that, that John's, oh, that, that was just, that was something from man. That, that, that wasn't actually from God, it was just something that John made up. Um, that would have caused a riot, right? Because we have all of these, of these faithful Jewish men and women gathering in Jerusalem for the Passover, and now they're saying that this prophet was, was just crazy, he was just insane. Uh, it would have caused a riot. Now, one thing that's interesting to see uh, is that um, the truth never enters into their discussion. Right? In, in verse 25, it says, They discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Then why did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. They didn't, they didn't debate for a moment whether or not John actually was a prophet. They didn't debate for a moment where John's authority, where his ministry came from. They didn't care. They didn't care about the truth. All that they cared about was how their answer would affect the, the politics and their social standing and, and what would the outcomes be. They were just trying to manipulate the outcomes. They weren't actually seeking truth. Um, and that's one of the things that we see all throughout the Gospels is when people come to Jesus seeking the truth earnestly, he deals with them gently and he deals with them earnestly. But if people come to Jesus trying to manipulate him, trying to, uh, trying to change and, and, and game the system a little bit, uh, he exposes that agenda, uh, sometimes very, very um, forcefully. Uh, and so these, these, these elders and, and chief priests opt not to answer Jesus's question. Neither one of the answer, neither one of the options that, that they give him, you know, A or B are acceptable, and so they go with C. I just don't know. Um, and so he says, well, if you're not going to answer me, then I'm not going to answer you either. And then he goes on to give this parable to help explain it to them. Matthew twenty one, twenty eight through thirty two. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him, and even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. So Jesus tells this parable about these two sons. So the first son is, is told to go, and basically he says, no, I'm not going to go. Uh, and then later on, he changes his mind, and even though he said he wasn't going to go, he goes. Uh, and then the second son is, is told to go, and he says, yeah, sure thing, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go, and then doesn't. Uh, and, and so Jesus asks, who is it who did the will of the Father? Um, and, and they answer correctly, well, the, the, the first one. The one who initially said he wasn't going to go and then changed his mind, he repented and later on went. He was the one who did the will of, of his father. Um, because the one who said that they were going to go and, and didn't, 
um, the words that they said ended up being empty and meaningless and worthless. And then Jesus turns and he, and he points his finger at them. Uh, remember we said that, that Jesus will expose people's um, agenda when they aren't actually seeking the truth. So he says, John came to, to tell you what it, meant, what it meant to be righteous. And you claimed that you already knew what it meant to be righteous. You claimed that you didn't need to repent. But your lives weren't bearing that fruit. You paid lip service to the kingdom, but didn't actually do what the kingdom and, and its king required. But in comparison to you, when the tax collectors and the prostitutes heard John's message, so these are the, the lowest of the low, these are the worst sinners that, that you could imagine. Um, when the tax collectors and the prostitutes heard John's message, when they heard John's call to repent, even though they had previously had no interest in the things of the kingdom, even though they had no interest in God, and even though they had rejected God and his commands, they repented. And because of that, they were welcomed into the kingdom. You see, John and, and Jesus weren't putting out this casting call for the best and the brightest. They, they weren't only just taking the top 10% of society. They were calling those who were separated from God by their sin to repent of that sin, to turn away from it, to leave it behind. And instead of seeking after that sin, to seek after God. This was ultimately the, the purpose of Christ's ministry, to call people to repent of their sins and to place their trust in the good news of God's grace and mercy. See, from the time of the Garden of Eden, from the dawn of creation until now, we as people have wanted to be in charge. We've wanted to make our own decisions and to, and to chart our own courses, to pick and choose what we depend on, what we count on to fill, fulfill our needs. We want to determine what's okay for us to do. Uh, we want to be the arbiters of how we should treat other people. But every time that we insist that we know what's best, we turn away from our creator. We turn away from the one who loves us and who, and who wants what's best for us. We choose our own paths, and those paths that we choose only end in death. See, Adam in the garden, as, as our forerunner, he chose his path. And everything, from the plants and the animals, to human relationships, to our hearts today, to the very ground that he walked on, all of those things were broken as a result of that sin. And that original sin, all the way today to our sinful actions, all of that sin has, has warped and twisted and shattered and broken God's creation. And so all of the sin, all of the pain, all of the hurt, even down to, to this virus that we're dealing with today, all of these things are rooted in and are the consequence of mankind's rebellion against God. Now, like the two brothers in this parable, we fall into two basic camps, right? The first group just doesn't want anything to do with God. We've dismissed him. We've ignored him. We've even ridiculed him. We've been living our lives the way that we want. 
We've been living our lives by our rules, following our directions, following our own plans. We've depended on our own skills and abilities, our smarts, our strength, our money. We are the ones in our lives who make things happen. And we are not subject to the, the whims of some old guy up in the sky. But the second group professes with their mouth a faith in God. You know, maybe there's a, maybe there's a little God on Sunday morning, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I just try to be a good person, a kind person. Maybe I'm saying all of the right God words and, and doing all of the right God things. But the past week has been one of those times when, regardless of what we've said before, regardless of the attitudes that have, that have defined our lives up to this point, we need to decide, like these brothers did, am I actually going to go and work in the vineyard? See, that, that first group says, I've, up to this point, I've rejected God. And, and I've been depending on my own, debility, my own ability, my own decisions to keep, to provide for, and to keep my family safe and warm. I've got this. I've got this. I don't need God. And so maybe this time has caused you to rethink that. Maybe I, maybe I don't got this. Maybe I would be better off following somebody else. Maybe I would be better off depending on somebody else rather than it just being up to me. Maybe you have said for years, oh yes, I'm a Christian. I follow God. I am strong and courageous in him. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power. But then when the news started to turn dark and people started panicking, Maybe you started to panic a little bit as well. And that's not to fault you. Because I think that we all, at some point, have had our faith in the last week or two waver, right? We've, we've all experienced those times of, of, of darkness and, and fear because it has been revealed to us that while we professed to have a faith in God, really what we had faith in was our job, our bank account, America, Walmart, right? Those were the things that we had trusted in. Those were the things that we had depended on. And it was revealed that we can't always depend on them. But regardless of which one of those two camps you've, you've been in, regardless of which son from this parable you have been, regardless of where you are or who you are or what it is that you've done, the call today is simple. To stop trusting in yourself and trust in God instead. Because all of that sin that had separated us from God, that, has, that had kept us apart from God, has been, has been paid for. It says in Colossians 2 that you who were dead in your sins and trespasses, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. On the cross, 
Jesus Christ paid the price, paid the penalty that we were supposed to have paid for our rebellion, for our sin, for our going our own way, rather than following after God. He paid it once and for all. And so what we are called to do then is, is to repent, to turn aside, to change direction, to say that, that we're done with those old ways. We're done with the way that we used to live our lives. We're done depending on our own strength. We are done. We are done with the world. And instead of following after those things, we want to follow after God. It says in, in Mark 1, 15, that Jesus preached, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe that good news that through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, we can be right with God. We can trust him. We can rely on him. We can depend on him in all things and through all things. So today then, we are called to be obedient sons, regardless of what we've done before, regardless of the choices that we've made before. We are called to go into the vineyard, to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. So we need to confess our sins, turn away from them, and follow after God. Depend on him, not on our jobs, to provide what we need. Depend on him, not on Walmart, to put food on our plates. To, we are called to trust him, to follow him, to seek him, and to love him. If that's something that, that you would like to try and do, uh, this is a, a little bit of an unprecedented time. We're still trying to work out exactly what uh, that looks like for us as believers to, to follow Jesus um, as, as, a, as a group, as a church. Um, but we would invite you to come alongside of us and to walk with us as we do that. Um, whether that's through uh, some of the discipleship opportunities that, that we'll have um, throughout the week or, or small group meetings. Um, we'd love to come alongside you and, and walk with you as you learn what it means to, to trust and to love and to follow Jesus. Uh, if that's something that you'd like to do today, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to pray here in just a moment, and, and you can pray right along with me. Father, we have depended on ourselves. We have sought our own path. We've tried to do things all on our own. We've tried to do things that make the most sense to us. And God, we're done with that. I'm done with that. I am done trying to, to play my own little God over, over my own little world. And I'm turning all of that over to you. God, I am placing my trust and my faith in you because I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. That much has been revealed to me. But God, your word says that that where I am weak, you are strong. And so, Father, I want to depend not on my weakness, but I want to depend on your strength. And so I am placing my trust. I am placing my hope. I am following after Jesus.
Father, please forgive me for all of the times that I haven't done that. Please forgive me for all of the ways that I've, that I've tried to choose my own path and chart my own course. God, help me to follow Jesus with everything that I have and everything that I am. We love you and we praise you today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're so glad that you could join us today. Uh, hopefully this has been a, an uplifting and encouraging time for you. Uh, hopefully you have been um, spurred on to, to better love God, to better love your neighbor, and to become a better disciple, uh, and to help those around you become better disciples as well. Uh, and in closing this morning, I'd, I'd like to read to you from number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in peace.